This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Campground, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. Sooner or later, every one of us is going to have to face some kind of testing. Maybe a great temptation to do that which we know is not in keeping with God's will. Maybe an experience of sorrow and grief. Or it may be a kind of testing which comes to us totally unexpectedly and which we could not possibly anticipate or describe in advance. Everybody needs to be strengthened and prepared for these times in life. Are you equipped for such a testing experience? The Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesians, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. That word, withstand, means to resist successfully. The evil day refers to any time which might come to us, any special days of extreme trial. In the words of Alexander McLaren, these evil days are days when all the cannons belch at once. The scaling ladders are reared on every side of the fortress. These days come to us suddenly. They are heralded by no storm signals, no falling barometer. We may be like soldiers sitting around securely around the campfire till all at once bullets begin to fall among them. When these evil days come upon us, how we need a sustaining faith which can help us to withstand and to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. This morning, as you look at your life, you may feel that you don't have this kind of faith, but let me present a picture of this faith that withstands. Then hopefully we can all come to possess this kind of faith as our own. There are several reasons why this kind of faith can help us to withstand. For one thing, it gives us something to stand on. The more you and I live in this changing world, the more we're made to see how extremely transient life really is, how quickly we come and go. We're like Shakespeare's actor who struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. Truly, our part in this drama of life is only a bit part, a brief part. When we see just how temporary all is about us, then we can understand just how much we do need a faith that gives us something to stand on. I'm not speaking here some clever way of adjusting our minds or thinking positively about everything. When I speak of this faith that withstands I'm not talking about some object you can see with your eyes or touch with your hands, but this faith is no less real because you cannot see it with the physical eye. There are those who think that some earthly material thing is what we need, but the truth of the matter is when we experience that evil day which Paul spoke, that day of testing, then we see how unnecessary, how insufficient these material things really are. Indeed, every material comfort in the world is not enough. Every soul 
needs a firm faith, one on which we, he can stand. There are times in every person's life when it seems that there's nothing left to stand on. Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the Soviet dissident, once described how he had sunk into the depths of despair while he was in a Soviet prison, unable for a long time to contact his family or friends. One day, during a 10-minute break, he decided the only way out was suicide. The easiest method would be to pretend to escape, knowing he would be gunned down before he'd gone more than a few yards. As he was getting to his feet to make such a break, a new prisoner who had just joined his work gang looked at him. Then, without a word, this new prisoner stooped down and drew a cross on the sand in the ground. I realized then, said Solzhenitsyn, that this was a sign from God that I was not to take my life. When he returned to camp that night, this man was told that he would be released. Thus, he was able to begin his work of documenting the horrors of Soviet life. Had he given in to his despair, the world would never have known of this man's great genius as an author. Faith that withstands is a strong faith because it gives us something to stand on. But there's a second thing about this faith. It gives us something to stand for. The world in which we live is constantly trying to squeeze us into its own mold. It's those who are weak, not the strong, who allow themselves to be swept along with the tide. Not only in America, surely, but everywhere, but we Americans know that we are being bombarded every day by philosophies and beliefs and ideas which are totally contrary to the revealed Word of God. We need something to stand for, especially in these days. Some years ago, the editor of a national magazine printed a letter he had received from a young girl. Here's what the letter said. Dear sir, I drink alcohol, I gamble, I go out with men. My parents do not know I do these things, or at least they don't seem to know. But are parents deaf and blind? Understand, I'm not out with a tough crowd, just the boys and girls of the best families I was brought up with. What bothers me is all these older people having faith in us, and these preachers who are standing around telling us how fine, how wonderful we are. Next time I go to a par out to a party, I think I'll kidnap a preacher and take him along. Maybe his next sermon will be about sin. And that's the kind of sermon we need these days. Did my mother do the things I do when she was a little girl? Did my older sister? If I keep on doing these things, will I go to heaven or will I go to hell? Please write something to quiet my mind or I'm certainly going to go mad. That was the letter to the editor. Here's a picture of a pathetic young girl who has nothing to stand for. Unless she has found something, the chances are good that she's still in her misery. You may have read recently that the suicide rate among young people has doubled in the last few years. The lure of the world, the attraction which is presented by sin, is also appealing at first but it is a dead-end street. 
it leaves a person with far less than what you had to begin with, not with more. How pitiable is a person's life in a constant process of shifting from one thing to another with no real stability, no foundation, no undergirding support. And this is not to say that when a person has faith, which does give them something to stand for, that we'll always be true to that faith which we know. There are times in our lives when we really can relate to Paul's feelings of not wanting to do the evil that we do and not doing the good that I want to do. But when there's a basis of faith, then there's always that foundation gives us gives our life a point of reference, even though we may wander away at times. Some time ago, I, I read of a young girl who had fallen into a life of waywardness and sin. She came to a pastor and poured out her sordid story of wrong living. Then she asked the preacher what he thought about it all. He replied that in God's sight, she was clearly a sinner. What she had done was wrong. She needed God's forgiveness, which he offered to her, if she was willing to confess and forsake her sin. Upon hearing this, the girl heaved a sigh of relief. Thank goodness, she said. I was afraid you were going to tell me it was just a personality adjustment that I needed. I've already tried all that, and it does not work. The Bible says the world passes away and the lusts thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. The faith that withstands is the kind of faith that will give you something to stand on, something to stand for when all around you seems to be falling apart. Let me mention just one third thing about this faith that withstands. It is a faith which gives us someone to stand by us. Those who have gone through the valley of the shadow of death and who have had this kind of faith can tell just how much it means to have someone to stand by. Someone who, when our, mor our morale begins to weaken or fail, someone who can reach out a steadying hand and speak an encouraging word. The psalmist found this out long ago when he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. This truth applies not only when others fail or disappoint us, but it also applies when we lose faith in ourselves and disappoint ourselves. Still, God is with us. We have someone who stands by us regardless. Dr. John Redhead, a Presbyterian minister from Greensboro many years ago, tells in one of his books about a man named Billy Hicks, who was a petty officer in the British Navy. He was promoted to be the captain of a foretop. It was a dangerous post, way up high. Billy knew it. The two men who had predeceased him or preceded him had fallen to their deaths. Billy had the superstition of the sea, and being the third man, he turned pale when he learned that he was to be the next in line for that dangerous post. On the night before he began his new duties, Billy Hicks was seen working with the electric signal apparatus as if he was sending an urgent message. The next day when the order came, Billy went aloft to his position high up there on the ship, went up there like a cat, and came down safely. 
it seemed changed somehow, but nobody knew why. The reason came out later when an officer of a nearby vessel was a guest on board that ship. The officer asked if they had a man on that ship named Hicks. And when he was told yet yeah, we do have a man named Hicks on our ship, he said he had noticed a signal a few nights before, and he asked his signal man to take the message down. Here's what it said. God, this is Billy Hicks speaking. I ain't afraid of no blooming man or devil. I ain't afraid of no Davy Jones either. I ain't like a baby bawling and fussing at its daddy for sweeties. God, I don't ask no favors but just one. And this is it. When I strike the foretop tomorrow, let it be with the courage of a man what is clean. And oh God, if it's just the same with you, from this day on, give me the feeling I used to have long ago when I knelt at my mother's knee and I said, Our Father, good night, God. And that was the message Billy Hicks had sent. What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms. I have blessed peace with my Lord so near. Leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, we all need a faith that will give us some, something to stand on, something to stand for, and surely someone to stand by. All these things add up to describe the basic need of our hearts, a philosophy of life, an ethical foundation for life, and a power behind life. The end result of this is all that can be found only in Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. All that you need, you have in Him. The Apostle Paul said, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. The Bible neither commands nor expects anything that's beyond our reach. We're told to be strong, but notice that our strength is to be in the Lord, not in ourselves. Dr. Cal Guy tells about a young husband who had just returned from a very sad journey to the cemetery where they had buried his young wife. Back home now with his little boy, he went to bed as soon as darkness came because there was nothing else he could think of he could bear to do. As he lay there in the early darkness, almost numb with sorrow and the loss of his dear wife, the man's little boy over in his little bed broke the stillness with a disturbing question, Daddy, where is Mommy now? The father tried to get the boy to go to sleep, but the question kept coming from his disturbed, childish little heart. After a little while, the father got out of bed, picked up his little infant boy, and laid him down beside him. The little fellow was still disturbed and restless and occasionally would ask that probing, heartbreaking question again, Daddy, where's Mommy? Finally, as the father continued to urge him to go to sleep, the youngster reached out a hand through the darkness and placed his hand on his father's face. And he asked him a question, Daddy, is your face toward me? That father met his son's need of assurance with the statement, Yes, son, my face is toward you. 
Then said the little boy, Well, if your face is toward me, I think I can go to sleep, Daddy. And in a little while, he was quietly sleeping. That father lay there in the darkness, lifted his own broken heart to God, and prayed something like this, Oh God, the way is dark for me now, and I confess I do not see my way through. But if your face is toward me, somehow I think I can make it. Heavenly Father, we know your face is toward us. We can't see our way through the darkness. But whatever the darkness threatens us with, we have a Savior, Jesus, who is right by our side, and his face is toward us. Thank you, Lord, for that wonderful assurance. We pray in his wonderful name. Amen.